And it is true. Doing what's easy is not saying anything. But nothing will change. Nothing's going to get better. And if anything, it's only going to get worse. For seven years, I kicked myself. <sighs> Why didn't I say something sooner? Because then when I did, and I did it in a loving way with a good heart, there was change. Welcome to Permission for Pleasure. I'm Cindy Sharkey, your host. And you're joining me for part two of my conversation with Megan Caston. She's sharing how communication saved her sex life. If you missed part one, you'll want to go back and listen to that first and then join us back here because we're going to jump right back in. So here you are, Megan. You have started the conversations. You started communicating, you know, what what you figured out about yourself and it was received well. You, you presented it in a well way that it could be received. Your partner received it and then... It was all fireworks and... Uh, no. Okay. Uh, big fat, no, Cindy. And let me tell you, yes. And let me tell you, I was hoping that was going to happen. Of course. But it took three more additional years. So seven years to kind of, uh, uh, wasn't very happy. I mean, again, he would say he was happy because he, he was getting off. He was enjoying it. But at what point do you say, well, I want my partner to enjoy it too? And I think that three-year period was education, lots of conversations, lots of awkward sex positions and techniques that we were trying to incorporate as, as we're trying to learn about each other. It's almost like the learning phase. That's also when we started incorporating a vibrator. I remember, so this was the turning, so this is the turning point, okay? It's coming up to our 10-year wedding anniversary. And he says, what do you want? We renewed our vows in our 10-year anniversary as well. We'll be renewing them for our 20. And I said, you know what I want? I don't want jewelry. I don't want a trip. I want oral sex. So part of the story is my husband has never enjoyed oral sex. And I love it. I love receiving it. And I also enjoy giving it. And I thought that was so odd because for me, all I'd heard was, Men usually like it. A great another assumption, right? That all men like oral sex and all men like to give oral sex. Well, I've learned since then that there are men that don't like to give it. Most men like to receive it, but not. But there are men who don't like to give it. And I had asked multiple times, and it was a I don't feel comfortable. You know, he, so my husband has a very very um, strong uh, taste and smell. So it was more for that. And he's like, you know, he tried it. He's like, I really don't like it. I'm, I'm not comfortable with it. And of course, you know, anything with sex, it should be consensual. I would never want him to do something that he's like dreading or like sickened by. And so I just was like, okay, I'll give it up. But I finally said, if you could just like go to a sex therapist or talk with a friend, but like is, there's got to be some ways for you to overcome this. I would love to be given oral sex. I am not kidding. That was my 10-year anniversary. No, good for you, Megan. Oh, and how how was that received? Well, let me tell you. I will say that when I said it, I said, this is how important it is to me. On a scale of 1 to 10, this is a 10. And that scale, we talk a lot at Marriage 365. Anytime you get in an argument or you're talking about something and you notice your spouse is really passionate about it or opposite, they're like bored out of their mind or you just feel like they're completely disengaged, it's a great question to ask. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very invested, very important, where are you on this scale? And oftentimes couples are very mismatched. 
And I think that that has been the turning point for so many arguments that didn't need to be into arguments of just checking in with each other and going, where is, how important is this to you? And I said a 10. And for him, he's like, okay, that makes so much sense because for me, oral sex for like giving it to you is like a two or a three. And so that he said to me, that is so helpful to know that this is how much you desire it. Not just you brought it up, but wow, like this is important. And I said, it's not a non-negotiable, obviously, because that's, Again, sex needs to be consensual. But if if you could do anything in the next 10 years of our marriage, this would be my request. And he was like, okay, let me think about it. And sure enough, he went to one of his really good guy friends and who has a great sex life with his wife. And he's like, you need to give me some tips. You need to use some pointers. Here's my struggle. I mean, he said, talk about being embarrassed. He's like, I was shaking. But my guy friend was like, don't even worry about it. Like, I'm glad you came to me. Let me give you all my tips I have. And um, sure enough, uh, I got my wish list fulfilled, and it hasn't been an issue since. So I was very, very happy about that, and I still am, and that's why I'm grinning right now talking about it, because for me, that is my number one way to orgasm and the most enjoyable thing for me, for Megan Caston. might not be for another female, but for me, I really, really enjoy it. So to know that he was open, it took 10 years, but to know that he was open and willing to try different techniques and different things, which there are so many, like even just trying it out in the shower was actually how we incorporated it because of the taste and the smell. That was going to be the next question. Would you share just a few tips that his friend gave him out loud? Yep. He's like, just try it in the shower. It's clean. The smells won't be an issue. There's water running down your face. Sure enough, that was the cure in the beginning. And now we don't even need the shower. You know, there's a couple other tips that are probably, probably, probably maybe a little TMI, but maybe not. But I notice, like, if he has like a, a certain kind of food or flavor in his mouth, that really helps him personally. I always, he always, it's, he doesn't even have to ask me anymore. But I always shower beforehand. For him, that's how he prefers it, and I totally respect that. I'm not a gross, smelly person. It's just when someone has a very strong sense of smell and taste, they are more sensitive. And that's how some people are. I I make sure I don't eat foods like garlic. I love Indian food. I, I stay away from the Indian food that day. Things like that, that, that change your taste and your smell. Great little tips. And and what a, what a beautiful story of hope that even though it was a long period I want to say dry period, but you know it was like it was for you in many ways. The trajectory changed when you learned to communicate in a way that could be received after connection, and because of that, your your relationship together really allowed him then to receive the information and to desire to please you. Absolutely. I always try to look at it from my spouse's perspective because I think that's something that we often think about ourselves and what our view is and our opinion, but I always try to step into his shoes and I think, wow, here he has a wife who's saying, I like want to have sex. <laughs> I like sex. I want to I want to explore this more. But here's all the things that I would like to try or at least talk about and consider. And he said it was so great to know, babe, that you were you, that you didn't ever shut down. Like in the first seven years, I did for sure. But he goes, once we started talking about it, like I could ask questions or I could say, no, I really don't want to give you oral sex. And I wouldn't be like, Ugh, I hate you. I'm mad at you. Like, this is stupid. I just, I stopped, ref- I stopped saying hurtful, mean comments. I tried really hard and I still try really hard 
um, like I mentioned, I can be kind of more of a harsh person with my words or just brutally honest. And I've learned it just doesn't go well. It really doesn't. And I feel like he received what I had to say because of my approach and my attitude. And then when he was open to it and we would chat, I would always send him like a thank you text or I'd, I'd say to him the next day, I'd give him a big hug and go, hey, I, that really meant a lot to me that you were hearing me out. And it's just that reminder of like, wow, my wife's got my back. My, my wife cares about us and our sex life and she's making the time. And it was every time I would go to that new conversation, I'm saying this because I love us. I'm saying this because I want us to have the most amazing sex life. And I just think that at least in my opinion, most men would be like, that's fantastic. Great. Well, and I'm thinking people who are listening could actually see themselves in either your place and how you feel or Casey's place and how he feels. No matter, you know, male, female, it, it doesn't, you know, there's no gendered norms really in this. It, it People can feel and see themselves in either position you're you're, you're kind of bringing up. I just think that's really important to, to note. Uh, I, I love talking to you and bring and having you share your your um, delight in sex. You know, so often women they they don't feel like they can love it. They don't feel like they can delight in it. They don't feel like they can ask for what you know pleases them and and what they want for pleasure. And so it's a beautiful example of how this can be as a as a team, as a partnership. Well, and my husband will say that once he saw how turned on I was when he gave me oral sex, it was more motivating for him. Like, oh, okay, wow, this just brought up our sex life to a whole new level. Like, I got to up my game. I I want to express my love through sex and physical intimacy with my husband, and he wants to do the same. And I think that when you're in a romantic relationship, of course, you know, for us, we're married 365, my husband and I are married. When you're in a, like a married relationship, because there's there's so much more than just the physical act, because you can have sex with anybody. I mean, really, you can. Like, you could hire a prostitute, you could go meet someone at a bar, and, and it could feel great. And, and sex could be amazing that night. But then when you're in a relationship with someone where there's respect and, and memories and fun and passion and love and just so much more. It, it really is such a phenomenal way to keep your marriage connected and to express your love for each other. And I think if we viewed it as that more of not just, it's not just sex, it's not just a physical love or a physical experience. There's so much more to it. It's even, it just takes it to a whole new level in my personal opinion and my personal experience. Well, your personal experience is also, again, uh, weighs out in the science because the science and studies show that for long-term relationships, you know, extraordinary sex, extraordinary lovers are, number one, over 50. Thank you. <laughs> you know, they're committed, know how to communicate so they can navigate changes and tr there's a trust, you know. What you're saying also is just laid right out in, in, in the research. Well, yeah, there's trust is such a foundational thing in all relationships, but especially in marriage. I mean, it's really hard to be intimate with someone that you don't trust, you know? I mean, it's so intimate, right? It's so vulnerable. Sex is yes. so vulnerable. I mean, oral sex is, I believe, even more vulnerable than sex and than intercourse, personally. I mean, this is genital to face. Like, this is like, hello, here's my private parts. 
and your face is there, you know, versus sex. I mean, you could have sex under the sheets with the lights off and really actually never see each other too naked. And think about that, you know? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> well, I'm, th- I'm thinking back to something you said because you said in those three years where you were working on it and trying different positions and trying different things. And let's love talking about that because it's not going to always look perfect. And you have to have a sense of humor with your one another in this intimate bodies connection. Because it's going to be messy sometimes. It's going to be, you know, you're going to fall off the bed sometimes. You're going to, you know, fall over in the shower. You're going to... It, it doesn't have to look like a certain way or be a perfect little scenario every time. It's supposed to be fun. And it can, it can be erotic. It can be fun. It can be playful. We forget to play. We do forget to play. Well, we focus so much on the orgasm. And while that is definitely, you know, the cherry on top, it can't just be about the orgasm because then you miss out on, it's also connection, like you said, and playfulness and laughter and enjoyment of just being together as a couple. Um, I think a lot of men and women focus solely on, well, it wasn't successful if I didn't orgasm. And that, that also really helped my husband, I think, through this is like, just so you know, I'm not necessarily going to orgasm every time. I hope I do. I want to. But just because I don't doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy being with you. And that was really good for him to go, okay, Okay. All right. That's that's helpful for me to know that that's where Megan's at. Yeah. And I think that's so important as we go through the different seasons in our life because we'll encounter maybe physical challenges or illnesses or chronic pain or, uh, you know, just a shift or change in our bodies or perimenopause or menopause or you know, a prostate surgery or, you know, what have you, all these different things that can, you know, come up into our lives. And if we aren't in the habit of having these ongoing conversations, it makes it really difficult to navigate seasons that that bring change and then then require change in your sex life as well. Absolutely. I'll give you an example. Uh, When COVID happened, We have two children. One is in junior high, one's in elementary school. So now they're home. Normally we have sex in the day because we both work together at home. Well, that was off the table. Here they are, online learning. We're all trying, the whole world shut down. We couldn't even send our kids out to like a friend's house or something, right? So we had to learn to navigate that new season. No one expected that to happen. We thought, gosh, if we had little ones that napped, man, we'd be having sex all the time. But our kids are older and they know what sex is and we can't really hide it. And so even just like as our daughter's like moving into high school and she's staying up later, we have conversations because it's we can tell it's impacting our sex life. So even adjusting around her schedule and making sure, you know, well, we want to hang out with her at night because she's gone all day, but that's usually now when we have sex. So how's that going to work? So it's even just like logistic stuff of talking about sex and making sure we're, we're happy with the amount, the quality and the quantity. So I agree with you 100%. I think getting in a regular rhythm of communicating it and also reminding each other of why you're talking about it. Why are we having this conversation? We're having this conversation because we love each other, because we want to have a healthy marriage, because we want to have a great sex life, and because we're on the same team. And sometimes you just need to hear that. Oh, I I really believe that. And I think 
sometimes we can get in a rut of not communicating that. And then I think when we don't, we can just kind of go to our own corner, so to speak, you know, not not feel like we're we're in life together. You know, we're we're on the same team, like you said. It's it's super important. And I think too, we all make assumptions and the assumptions get us into trouble because if we're lonely in our marriage, we want to assume that our spouse is going to notice and that they're going to randomly come up to us and go, I've noticed, babe, that you've been feeling lonely. And I'm just going to tell you, here's what I'm going to do to make it better. Now, in a perfect world, that would be phenomenal. And that's what she would hope for. And I do would I would say you should have spousal awareness. You should be looking at your partner and noticing different habits or things that have changed in their mood. But not everybody is spousal aware, right? So there's self-awareness, which is about yourself. And then there's we call it spousal aware. But I think if you just feel confident and you know that your spouse is safe to go to them and say, I'm really lonely or I'm just really struggling right now with our sex life and here's what's going on in my world and to make it about you, not them. If sometimes you have to, but if you can make it about you, it always is received better than, well, here's what you're doing wrong. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Good communication there. And Megan, I did a, a webcast for you on perimenopause and menopause, and I'm thinking about it because I'm seeing your face again and thinking, you know, that's a prime time in a woman's life where, well, also possibly, you know, pregnancy or miscarriage or infertility or, um, you know, adopting a child or, gosh, getting a new job or like we talked about all these other possible medical situations that come up. All of these changes require that constant communication. And so what I hear you saying and what we want to encourage people to do is start now before a crisis hits, right, which makes it really hard. Now is the time. You know, now is the time to begin these conversations and learn how to communicate about sex and and also you know, just learn how to be comfortable with it being uncomfortable initially because it's going to be uncomfortable. It will be. It was uncomfortable for me. It was uncomfortable for my husband. And to piggyback, Cindy, on what you were saying, see, the thing is, is if you have money issues and in-law issues and parenting issues and, well, now let's throw in the sex issue, where do you start? You know, what do you deal with? And we never tell a couple deal with 10 things at a time. Oh, my gosh, you're going to feel so overwhelmed and wiped out emotionally The best time to talk about it is actually when you're healthy, but speak up sooner than later because I think a lot of people, again, are are afraid of their spouse's response. And my encouragement to you, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, Megan, if if I brought this up to my husband or my wife, I I don't know what they're going to say. They're going to fire back or they're going to blame me or what if they shut down and they don't even care? You won't know until you do it. You don't want to allow your assumption or fears and your worry to get the best of you, to cause that anxiety in your life. And again, from what I said earlier, the only thing you have control over is yourself. And you are responsible to speak up in love the best you can with what you just learned today and with Cindy's podcast and the other resources out there that are available to just try to communicate the best you can with your spouse. That is what you vowed on your wedding day. You said, I'm going to love, honor, and cherish you. I'm going to be there with when our, in our highs, and I'm going to be there in our lows. Well, if this is a low, you need to speak up and be there 
And that's what you're responsible for. And I just wish that more people would have the courage, because I think it's the C word, courage. It's doing what's right over what's easy. And it is true. Doing what's easy is not saying anything. But nothing will change. Nothing's going to get better. And if anything, it's only going to get worse. And I, that's my story. I, for seven years, I kicked myself. Ah, why didn't I say something sooner? Because then when I did, and I did it in a loving way with a good heart, there was change. And you're right. It wasn't overnight. It was a three-year period after that. But I look back and I'm like, I am so grateful that I was courage, courageous enough to speak up and say something. And that's, that's all I could hope for and imagine. And it happened. I'm so glad it did. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Megan, thanks for sharing your story with our community. Tell people how they can find you and Marriage 365. Absolutely. So head to marriage365.com. Our membership that I mentioned several times where you can find worksheets, we can find some videos of Cindy and I. Um, She has this great video she she filmed with me called um, Understanding Female Arousal. It's definitely like always in our top 10, by the way, Cindy. So people love it. Love it. And um, (laughs) and so yeah, there we have a free seven-day trial. So you can actually sign up for free, check it out for seven days and check it out and see if it's a good fit for you. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, such a great opportunity for a lot of people who either can't afford therapy, it's it's $12 a month. So it's a great option, affordable option, or if you don't have a sitter, um, or, you know, if you're kind of more someone who really doesn't want to publicly go out and talk about anything in marriage, you get to do it in the privacy of your home, which I know is really important to a lot of people. Yeah, you have wonderful resources there, and and you're really available to your community. I love that, whether it's on socials or messages. I know that people feel like you're really for them. You're you're for their relationship, and you're available and want to help, and it's beautiful. Thank you. I customer service is one of those things that I value as like a, like personally. And so at Marriage 365, our customer service is phenomenal. Yeah. There's real people who actually care about you and your marriage and your relationship. And you will find that at Marriage 365. So thanks for saying that. Yes, absolutely. So tell us what's delighting you these days. What's a simple delight in your life, Megan? My husband and I have started just a couple months ago taking evening walks with our dog. And it is delightful. And I mean, we're fortunate because we live in Southern California where the weather's good all year long, but we just talk about everything, talk about communication, but we talk about work and our kids and the weather and our faith and our sex life and, you know, what we see on the news, but it's just such a great thing. And I love that we're getting older and we just still never run out of things to talk about after all these years. It's amazing to me, actually. That is a beautiful, hopeful way to wrap up this episode, Megan. Thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome. Loved having you again. And community, we'll have uh, the links to Marriage 365 and how you can find Megan in the show notes. And I hope that you find a communication tip or two here that will help you move towards giving yourself more permission for pleasure. 